Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. And we're in, this for, a, uh, we're in for a special treat today. I'm glad you're here. This is the first time actually in a while that I've done an audio-only podcast, and it brings back a lot of fond memories. Normally, I'm looking at a camera and myself on a video, so this is kind of nice. Back to old school, back to the audio-only podcast. Glad you're here, guys. I wanted to do a quick little interview with a guest that we've had on before talking about Airbnb. Um, I'm telling you guys, you know, I have this product that I teach people how to do lease options, and I get tons of people that sending me these testimonials of how they used a lease option to get a property under contract. And instead of just putting a tenant buyer in it and renting it out, they're turning them into Airbnbs and they're making a bunch more money. I mean, I'm talking like instead of having just like a couple $300 a month in cash flow, they're doing like two to $3,000 a month in cash flow. So there's just, it's a game changer. And there's a lot of things that's been changing in the industry. You hear all of these horror stories about how, you know, it's illegal to do it now in all of these cities, which it's just not true. But I wanted to get Brian back on the podcast again, because I'm going to be doing another webinar with him soon. This is something that I really am passionate about. I want people to hear it. Like, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you didn't hear that last podcast I did with Brian, that's fine. Like, I wanted to get him back on because I know we've got a, not a lot of new listeners here and just talk about kind of the state of the industry, talk about anything that's updated or changed in the last few months, uh, why Airbnb is still such a game changer, still such a profitable business, and also how big it is worldwide. I mean, like the the United States is just a small percentage of it, right? <laughs> it's like insane when you hear these numbers. But uh, Brian is in the, he's deep into it. He's in the trenches. He's doing them himself. You hear his stories about how he's buying these little properties, like in these blue collar neighborhoods, not in the areas where they, you know, like it's very, it's like it's a luxury vacation areas of your city. It's like normal neighborhoods. He's doing these Airbnbs in these normal neighborhoods and making a bunch of money on that. So before I invite Brian on, I just want to say, guys, you can go get all the show notes at realestateinvestingmastery.com or reimpodcast.com and get the show notes, get the transcriptions. We're going to give you links. We're going to give you notes. And if you want some, you don't want to have to remember writing it down and all that. You can get all the show notes and the transcripts at realestateinvestingmastery.com. Go there, get that. And also don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. I'd really appreciate it. Okay, cool. Mr. Brian Page, how are you, my man? Joe, good to be here, man. Good, good thanks, to be here. Thanks for uh, you know being patient with my long-winded intro there. I, pre- I appreciate that. No, not at all. I I actually wanted to share everybody with a funny story with them if yeah. I could. Yeah. Um. You know, you and I have been connected for a while, but uh, I was on a a flight a while back. Is it? Yeah, this is funny. Remember what it was? I sat down in my <laughs> chair and looked to my left and. There you are looking at me. <laughs> it was the first time we had ever met face to face. And you're like, Brian Page. I'm like, uh, do I know you? And you're like, I'm Joe, Joe McCall. I was like, oh, man. Because <laughs> uh, I never actually um, 
seen yeah. you face to face. So that was really a treat. We had a good talk and, and connected on that flight. That was a nice flight. I think, why were we even on? Because was it coming back after Funnel Hacking Live, maybe? Is that what it was? It was. It was Funnel yeah. Hacking Live in Nashville. Yep. Yes. And so you're in um, Charleston, South Carolina, right? I am. Cool town. Really nice place. I was there six, eight months ago. Or was it a year ago? <laughs> and, uh, I was with a mutual friend of ours. He has, ours, he has a little mastermind. And that's um, a great place. So you've been, um, you've been really active. You know, you've got an amazing course on Airbnb. It's kind of taking the world by storm. You're doing really, really well. You're getting like, I mean, it's just to hear some of the stories you're telling me of people that you're rubbing shoulders with now, that's uh, just really, really cool to see you exploding, your business really going well. You're still in the trenches doing Airbnbs yourself, which is so cool to hear about. So talk about uh, what's been going on with you uh, on the business side of things the last, you know, six, eight months since we talked last on this podcast. Oh my gosh, there's so much. Well, as far as me personally, yeah, I've been meeting a lot of my heroes, I guess, people that I followed for a long time. I just got to meet Grant Cardone in person and yeah. uh, we are working on a deal right now together on some of his units because he's got about I think he said 500 vacant units in his portfolio. Wow. So that gives you an idea how big his portfolio is. And uh, we're talking to uh, him about t turning some of those into Airbnbs yeah. and start monetizing his vacant units. So that was cool. And uh, I have been buying properties. I'm back into acquiring properties again, this time with no debt. I don't, I don't like debt. And so I'm, I'm yeah. buying these little junkers for cash and we can talk about well, I'm that. I'm sure that was a, a great conversation with Grant Cardone, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, he he uh, he said, "Why in the world would you ever buy a property with cash?" And I was like, "Oh, because I've experienced <laughs> the uh, real estate crash, and I, I just yeah. not interested in doing that anymore." And of course, yeah. he's a big proponent of using debt to to leverage and buy properties, but uh, to each his own. So you know, I've been uh, getting into that a little bit, and the thing I'm most excited about though is the results that my students are getting because now we have even more incredible stories mm. coming out of uh, different parts of the world of these students that are doing Airbnb for themselves. And that's really what I love to talk about the most. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. You know, like what percentage of Airbnb's business is in the United States? Uh, most people don't realize this, but it's only a quarter. So three out of every four listings are overseas. Isn't that something else? It's insane. It's insane. And the growth is, you know, just exploding in other countries where they're just now getting introduced to Airbnb. Oh, man. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Uh, so talk about some of these stories you've had. Well, what are some um, some students? And I've heard you talk about some stay-at-home moms that are just crushing it right now. Yeah. Uh, what are some other stories that you like to talk and tell about? Well, one of my students out on the West Coast, she has, uh, last time I talked to her, interviewed her, she had five properties, but now she has 10. Hmm. And she's been doing this for, I think, about a little over a year. And she told me that she's bringing in about 350,000 in the last 12 months in bookings. Wow. And the cool thing that she's doing is, she, is she's doing the no lease method. So she's never signed a lease on any of these 10 properties. And on top of that, she's found a way to make money by staging the property. So she tells the owner, well, you know, if I'm going to do this with you, I have to stage the place and I charge $5,000 to stage a property. Oh, and okay, she hold puts on. a package together for them. Huh. <laughs> So she's charged, she's making the owner pay for that. Isn't that awesome? Well, she loves decorating. And, you know, for those of you who love decorating and staging homes, I mean, you got a side business because people are going to need that service in order to turn their property into an Airbnb. So she makes money there. She makes money on the cash flow. She has no leases to sign, no deposits, no first month's rent. 
and no furnishings. So she's basically found a multiple six figure business through my, what I teach. And she, um, she's in her twenties and her background is she was a bartender and a college dropout. Wow. <laughs> so that's just one of many stories that I get from people that are doing this. Um, you know, all different ages, young teenagers, all the way up to seventies, people that are trying to retire that need a retirement income. So it's really, really exciting to see that really, uh, and I'd say the vast majority of them, Joe, are not real estate investors. I know people listening right now are real yeah. estate investors, but a lot of people that are doing this have no business, no background in real estate. Wow. Okay. So give us another story. Okay. Um, gosh, there's so many stories. Let's see here. Um, there's a young kid that's up in Chicago. He yeah. is working on, I think he's got about eight listings and he just raised half a million dollars from a hedge fund that wants to fund all of his Airbnbs. He's wow. doing so well with Airbnbs that now he's got major money backing him to go get more listings. So he's expanding like crazy. And then, you know, then there's just countless hundreds of students that are just got one or two listings, which is really exciting. You know, people that are making an extra thousand to $3,000 a month, a uh, very, very part-time with a couple listings. And people, I think, get intimidated, don't they, of the management aspect of this, right? They're like, oh man, this is going to be like, I'm going to get calls in the middle of the night that the internet's not working or, um, I'm going to have to go in and clean the house myself every time somebody leaves and they're going to leave it a disaster and a mess. What, talk yeah. about why that's not exactly. Well, you know, when I first started getting involved with Airbnb years ago, it was a, a nightmare to try to manage everything. There was no system. In fact, I was looking online. I was going on YouTube. I was searching everywhere I could to find a system to manage all my BNBs. And there was really nothing. There was, there was nobody teaching anything. There was no courses. There was nothing. And so I kind of had to come up with it on my own. And, um, and I came up with a system whereby I can outsource pretty much all the day-to-day -day operations. So I don't have to talk to the, talk to the guests. I certainly don't clean properties. I don't have to worry about when things go wrong or somebody messages me at, messages me at one in the morning or any of that stuff. So that's really the name of the game. Because if you don't automate it, then you're going to be running your, your, your own hotel and that takes a lot of time and effort. Yeah. So that's really what I specialize in is not just getting the properties, but automating completely the business so you can step back and, and mm. really manage your portfolio with just a few hours a week. And there's companies out there right now that uh, help you manage these properties. They help you clean them. Mm -hmm. And in every major city has those. Good. Oh yeah, it's an entire ecosystem that's sprung up. There are there are tons of companies now that that rely entirely on Airbnb, and they they do everything from managing your cleanings to full on property management for your Airbnbs. Uh, they do it all, and and so that's really really exciting for people that that want to do that. Because oh. the last thing I want to hear is somebody you know went out got a couple of these properties and now they they are running ragged trying to manage them and and uh, that's not what I'm into it's not what I teach you you're going to love this i have a friend at church and um good guy hard worker he tried wholesaling and uh, really struggled with it right it was just it mm. just click for him it's challenging i've tried it it's challenging oh yeah and so uh, he just took a job with a property management company mm -hmm. and he got his license and he i don't know what he does for this property management company but he works for them and I was talking to him and seeing how it's going. You know, it's going good. It's a steady paycheck. He likes it. And I said, you know what you should do? You should become the resident Airbnb expert for your property management company. And he said, what do you mean? I said, well, go get Brian's course and just watch it. Learn how to do Airbnbs. And um, you have a lot of clients that you're working for that, you know, you could maybe like propose to them 
because you're getting maybe eight to 10% on each deal, right? Well, what if you proposed to your, some of your clients with these vacant houses? You know, hey, listen, before we put a tenant in there, let's maybe do an Airbnb on this and, um, you know, get a bigger percentage of the profits. It'll, you, you, the seller will make more money. You'll make more money. And he thought, oh, okay, that's interesting. And he did. And about six months later, he came back to me and said, Joe, that is amazing. That was like the best advice you've ever given to me. I, I couldn't get into all the details with him at the time. But um, needless to say, he is super busy with that right now. Wow. It's, he's so, he was so excited. I mean, it's, it's increased That's killer. Of the company. And you think about it. I mean, this property management company has like probably a couple hundred clients. And each of them maybe have two or three homes. So, they have maybe close to a thousand properties that they're managing. And uh, he, he's taken that and run with it, doing really, really well. He was super excited. That's great. Yeah, property managers can do well with this and realtors do really well because they have the inside scoop on places that are coming up for lease, places that are for sale that, that say aren't selling on the market. And you can approach those owners and say, look, your property hasn't sold in the last year, year and a half. Why don't you turn it into a B&B and let me manage it? So there's a lot of uh, opportunity for realtors, uh, property managers, and then also investors. Anybody who's an investor has a leg up because you already know how to talk to owners. You already know how to find deals. You know how to do bird dog, you know, have bird dogs out there finding deals for you, which I talk about <laughs> in my course. And people are like, what's, what is a bird dog? And I'm like, well, you can use that to find Airbnb properties as well. So there's all mm-hmm. kinds of, a lot of the things that I, I use are the same things I learned as a real estate investor. A lot of people, Brian, are thinking, you know, didn't I miss the Airbnb wave? Isn't it like too late to get into this? Um, aren't there too many people doing this? Isn't it? What about competition? And, uh, you know, it, no matter what type of real estate you're doing, you hear this all the mm-hmm. time. But mm-hmm. would you talk about that? Like, do you, can you only do lease options in the nicer vacation areas or can you do them in other parts of the city where there's maybe not as many restrictions and stuff like that? Oh, that's a good question. So I get that a lot too. And it's, it's, uh, it's every month or every year that I teach this, people say the same thing. Oh, it's getting too saturated or maybe it's not going to work in my area or whatever. And what we're finding is that the growth on Airbnb, the number of people that are traveling for the first time on Airbnb is exploding. It's growing year over year, every single year. And if you doubt me, just ask 10 of your friends, have you traveled on using Airbnb? And you'd be surprised how many people say no. They're aware of Airbnb, right. but they haven't actually tried it. Yeah, That's what we're finding. Um, and that's what they, the studies find is that there's a lot of people that still have not used it, even though there's a lot of awareness out there. So the growth is outstripping the supply in almost every market. And that's still true. And, and also, quite frankly, it doesn't really matter what other people are doing because the things that I teach allow you to stand on top of all the competition and just clean up. Because on Airbnb, almost everybody on the site is amateur. Uh, almost everybody on the site has no concept of how to market the property, how to photograph it, how to do the descriptions, how to stage it. Any of those things that, that give you a higher um, value that you can charge per night for your listing. So, so no, I'm not worried about uh, competition. And the other thing is that's a big misconception is that you have to be in a tourist destination like Charleston or you have to be in a big city or you have to be near something inter- interesting. And I found that's just not the case. Um, I've got students in very, very small towns, like under a thousand people <laughs> that are doing well. Uh, yeah. Many students under 10,000 uh, population towns. And I've got people in the most boring suburbs in the middle of Nowhereville that are doing extremely well. I just went down to Dallas and met one of my students down there that has six listings. He's doing a healthy six figure plus in uh, business and he's mm-hmm. in the Dallas Fort Worth area. And I went to his house and it was a nondescript 
house in a nondescript neighborhood in the middle of a giant metro area of Dallas and he's doing really well. And I was like, who comes here? And he's like, I don't know, but my house is always full. <laughs> so, um, so it's yeah. a big misconception and, uh, and I've proven it. I decided to go into the cheapest, cheapest neighborhood that I could find in my metro area and get a house just to prove that it will work even in the, uh, the roughest neighborhood. Oh. And that's what I've been getting into lately. Cause guys, you don't realize how many people are coming in from out of town to visit family um, maybe go to the hospital to, you know, vi- visit some friends uh, or, or, you know, they're just like, they're, they're, they're wanting to go see a ball game and they don't want to stay in downtown where it's going to cost them 300 bucks a night in a hotel. So they're looking for little Airbnbs and if it's 20, 30 minutes away, that's okay. And they're yeah, staying in these things. So true. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. I had, a, I had a person reach out to me and he said, Brian, I live in a town of 5,000 off highway 95. There's nothing here. And I said, well, let me ask you if there's this there. Is there a hotel there? And he said, actually, there's a couple of hotels near the highway. <laughs> I said, well, are they in business or are they out of business? He said, they're in business. I said, well, then somebody's staying in those hotels. Why couldn't they stay in your Airbnb? Somebody needs a place to stay. So he, he said, all right, I'll try it. And he did it. He got a listing and he's doing extremely well. I think he's making like $1,300 a month on this first listing that he got in a little town in the middle of nowhere, you know, on 95. So that's the point. Yeah, that's that there are people traveling short term anywhere there's a hotel and we're doing the same thing, except we're doing it probably cheaper on Airbnb. And we give somebody, for example, a whole house, like my houses go for $100, $150 a night which is about what a hotel room goes for here, but except they're getting yeah. three bedroom house. Yeah. Well, here's the crazy thing. I went to Ames, Iowa, Ankeny, actually Ankeny, Iowa. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if anybody's heard of Ankeny, Iowa. If you, if you have, then you're probably from Iowa or you live there. Right. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm looking right now at uh, Ankeny, Iowa on Airbnb and guess how many houses there are there in Ankeny. Like I'm counting 10. Yeah, on Airbnb, yeah. On Airbnb, right? Just 10. And it's a, you know, it's a suburb kind of farther away from Des Moines. Well, here's the crazy thing. I'm there with my four kids, and we need a place to stay because I, I don't like getting two rooms at a hotel. Mm-hmm. And the, the, thing, the cheapest thing I could find was uh, like $175 a oh. night. And so, like, it stunk to pay that, right? But at the same time, I'm like... My gosh, look at, I mean, like Ankeny, Iowa is not the tourist destination. People, people don't fly from, uh, from San Diego to come do a vacation in Ankeny, Iowa. But Joe McCall does when he's coming down to visit his family for a mm-hmm. couple of days. Mm-hmm. And I also had a dog, right? So we had to bring our dog with us. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we had the dog in a kennel. But you know, so I, I, I wasn't looking for places that allowed dogs. I was shocked at how few inventory, how few houses there were, and then how much I was paying. And this wasn't just a house where the people moved out because they were getting a guest. Like this was a house that this is a full-time Airbnb for them. It was a nice house. It was really good. But like, I think there is so much opportunity here. It's, it's amazing. And you don't have to live in Ankeny, Iowa either, right? Like you can do this. If you lived in St. Louis, Missouri, I could start doing Airbnbs in Ankeny, Iowa if I wanted to, couldn't I? Yeah, yeah. I've got many students that are going across state lines. They're going across uh, to other metro areas. I mean, there's potential if you want to go long distance, you could certainly do that. Uh, All you got to do is have somebody good on the ground there that can can be your eyes and ears for the property. And then you can 
uh, have everything managed in the system just the same way that I teach. So yeah, you can go to other areas. You don't need to. I tell people start in your in your local area first, learn how the methods work and how Airbnb mm-hmm. works, and then you can look at expanding into other areas. And that's the truth. Yeah, there are so many people, especially as you go out in the medium and small t- uh, cities and towns, there, there's really just not as many Airbnbs, and that just makes sense because it's a smaller population. But in the big cities, I had somebody challenge me one time. They're like, Brian, I live in, I don't remember where it was. I think it was somewhere in Texas. I don't know if it was Fort Worth or Dallas or somewhere. And they said, look, there are like a million, two million people in this area. And uh, I went on Airbnb, and there are like thousands of listings. And I said, well, wait a second. Let me, let me get this straight for a second. So they were worried about too many listings. I said, so you're saying that there's a couple thousand listings in, an, in a metro area with two million? Uh, so, so how many people travel to your town every day? <laughs> we looked up the, the number. It was something like several million people. Because like char- several million people come to Charleston every year. And I said, so all those millions of people traveling to your area, and there's only 2,000 listings. <laughs> wow. It sounds like there's an opportunity there. And uh, so it's all relative, right? The number of listings for the population size. Oh, but my the, point the, is that, that, yeah, there's, there's a demand. There's a, there's a demand for people that want a new way to travel. I went to Google, did a search in Ankeny, Iowa mm-hmm. uh, on the maps, right? And then I did search for hotel. There's 15 hotels in Ankeny, Iowa. There you go. 15. And you know what these prices are? Oh my gosh. They're insane. <laughs> uh, $123, $179, $220 a night. So I'm going to guess, Joe, you get a whole single family home with three or four bedrooms for that on Airbnb. Easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And that's a, such a great point you brought up. Even in a small town like Ankeny, you're going to get, you get, there's 15 hotels there. And yeah, there's a super small inventory of homes. All right. So let's do the, let's do the numbers real quick. I want to show people this example. So we'll take that city. I've never been there, never even heard of it. Let's say we were to have a house there, a three bedroom house, and we were to charge 150 a night mm-hmm. and we get only 20 days in the month booked, which is not 30, just 20. That's $3,000 a month. Now, I don't know what it costs to buy a house in that area, but you, if you own a house in that area, for example, you know what your mortgage is. Maybe it's $1,200. Maybe it's less. I don't know. But you're bringing in $3,000. And that's just a number I just plucked out that's right in the middle of those values. So that gives you an idea that if you could lease a place, let's say, for $800 or $1,000 and make $3,000 on Airbnb, or you owned it and you could put it on Airbnb and make $3,000, I mean, you could maybe make a lot more than that, but that's just based on that $150 figure. So you get the idea. This is how simple it is to do. Well, I'm looking right now on Zillow. I looked at some rentals in Ankeny. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorting them by payment low to high. And there's some nice houses in here for nine fifty a month. There you go. Cute I was, little gu- I was guessing about a thousand bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um nine ninety-five a month. Some really nice homes. I'm just looking at like, okay, this would be a good curb appeal. This would be a good picture. Maybe eleven hundred a month. So let's say it was a thousand dollars, Joe. Let's say it's a thousand dollars and three hundred for utilities, roughly. Let's say that's $1,300. My, my numbers might be a little bit off. Who cares? $1,300. What if we could bring in $2,600 on Airbnb? So that's $1,300 cash flow in our pocket on a little rental that we have. That's, that's being very conservative, by the way, when you're talking about doubling the revenue, doubling your cost to get the revenue. So $1,300 a month cash flow in your pocket, even if I'm off by 100 bucks here or there, that, that's the kind of potential you have. So you could get about $150 a night we, uh, uh, rent on this, right? I'm looking at your calculator, by the way, your property. I'm going to give away this property profits calculator, if that's okay with you, Brian. Sure, sure. 
And it'll be at realestateinvestingmastery.com. Just look up this episode here. It's a calculator you created where they can uh, put in the rent that you're paying for the property and then the weekday rates and the weekend rates. So let's say, uh, could we do could we do 150 for a weekday, 200 for a weekend rate? Yeah. Okay. And then uh, for occupancy rate, what's a good one? Could we be conservative um, and do 70%? Yeah. The average, I would say the average is about 65% nationwide. So do 65 just to be conservative. All right. 65. Now we're paying, I just found one of these houses on Zillow. That's 1100 a month. Okay. All right. Nice cute house. 1100 a month. I'd figured for utilities, let's just do $50 for water, $50 for power, $20 for internet. And by the way, while while Joe's doing this, my my software, what it does is it takes out what Airbnb charges you because they charge you fees and it takes out if you wanted to hire somebody else to manage your BNB so that you get a real net, you get an actual net and, um, and you crazy. know this is the dollar what you're going to make. All right. So let's say on my weekday, this is a, I'm looking here. It's a, a four. It's a, um, it's a three bedroom, one and a half baths, mm-hmm. about 1200 square foot. looks really nice. And uh, I'm in my calculator here. I got 1100 and that I'm paying in rent 50 bucks for water, 50 bucks for power, 30 bucks for internet, 10 bucks for streaming and 50 bucks for gas. Like, mm-hmm. uh, what do you call it? Natural gas mm-hmm. weekday rate of, uh, let's just say 140 weekday rate. Yeah. Weekend let's, go, rate. let's go conservative on the weekend, maybe 170, 170 on the weekend. Mm-hmm. All right. 65% occupancy, which should that's easy to that's beat. That's low, like the, by the way. That's very low oh, for yeah. my students. That's low. So that's like national average. But Brian, I, guys, I'm telling you, I have one student, Brian. I know. I think I told you before, Lena B. Uh, she got a, her first lease option deal. Yep. She um, she's paying the seller fourteen sixty five a month in rent for this property, yep. which is what market rents is. And within four days. She had almost she had fourteen hundred fifty dollars, one thousand four hundred fifty dollars <laughs> in booking fees in four days. Wow! She's covering her rent in the first four days, there you uh, go. which is crazy. So we're figuring here sixty five percent occupancy. You're looking at your your net cash flow per year of sixteen thousand eight hundred and sixty dollars. Let's just raise the occupancy to seventy percent. That's $19,344 net, net, net annual cash flow, about $1,600 a month. You know how hard people work for that kind of money? I mean, some people, you know, think about if you're making $40,000 a year, this is half of your income. This is half of your salary. And, yeah. and I'll tell you how long it takes to manage one little Airbnb. It, it takes no time. <laughs> yeah. It really doesn't. So it's, it's, it's amazing. It's an amazing way so, to create cash flow. Looking at this cash flow, this calculator again, if I had five of these properties, my net annual cash flow, and that's that you're taking out rent, utilities, Airbnb fees, management fees, everything, right? Yep. Um, is $96,720. If I did five of those properties, my annual net, net, net cash flow is $97,000. And that is about average. If you look at my students, all of my students are doing six figures plus, and I've got a bunch of them. They usually get about five listings to get to $100,000 net. And the only thing that's not on that calculator that I wanted to mention, in case anybody 
calls me out and says, well, wait a second, Brian, uh, their cleaning fees are not on there. And the reason they're not on there is because uh -huh. the cleaning fees are charged to the guest in addition to the booking fees. Yeah. So let's say your, your cleaning company wants a hundred bucks to clean. Yep. Then you charge a hundred dollars. Actually, I like to charge $110 to the guest at the time they book. So I don't put that in the calculator because I'm not paying it. The guest is paying it. And then I just charge a little bit extra, $10. That covers the toilet paper and the soap and the shampoo and the coffee and all the things I'm going to give them uh, for yeah. free. So that's kind of how why it's not in the calculator. But yeah, every single thing is, is figured in. So you know that that number that on the software that Joe's going to provide is accurate. Oh, yeah. And that's important to understand because um – the sellers pay for that. I mean, I stay at Airbnb a lot and they, they advertise it as 50 bucks a night, but then after you go through and you pay for it, it's like, Whoa, $50 <laughs> a night fee. Right. But yeah, that closing, uh, sometimes they take a deposit. Sometimes if it's a long enough visit, yep. um, sometimes you, you pay extra closing, uh, cleaning fees and stuff like that, but it still is way better than a hotel. Like when you've got a family, like I do, I, you know, way better than a hotel and many times cheaper. Um, so a couple things I want, I want to ask you a few more questions, Brian, but I want sure. to tell people, cause I know a lot of you guys are interested, um, in this. Okay. How do I get more information? How do I learn how to do this? Brian and I are doing a special webinar. And if you go to reimpodcast.com slash Brian, R-E-I-M, that's for real estate investing mastery, reimpodcast.com slash Brian, you'll get some information on this webinar that we're going to be doing uh, real soon here. So, um, I wanted to ask you two more questions. Sure. Uh, you're starting to see well, the furnishings, right? The furnishings, people are thinking, man, that's, I have to go and how, that must cost a lot of money to buy all of this furniture and, and stage it. What's a realistic budget maybe for furnishing a house and what are some ways they can save money doing that? Okay. Well, when I got my first listing, it was unfurnished. So I had to pay to furnish it. Then I got smart and said, why don't, why am I not just looking for furnished properties? <laughs> so uh -huh. then I started looking for furnished properties and that's what I aim to find first. So I'm always looking for furnished places. So if you do that, then your costs are, you know, almost nothing. You might have to put in a couple things like, you know, say soap and shampoo and, and some extra towels and those kind of things. Uh, so the cost is very low if it's furnished. Now, if it's not furnished, the rule of thumb is is two to three times the rent. So if your rent is a thousand bucks, it's going to cost you two to three thousand dollars to furnish the unit, and that's based on used furniture. I, I tell people, do not ever buy new furniture. It's the biggest ripoff in the world. And nowadays, with platforms like Facebook Marketplace and OfferUp and all these apps that are out there, you can or Craigslist or whatever, you can find gently used furniture for next to nothing, and you can make stupid low offers on stuff. So I'll go on Facebook Marketplace and. I see a bunch of couches that I like and I just make half price offers on them. Hey, I'll give you 200 for that $400 couch. And I get people to say yes. So I get like a, a, a nearly new piece of furniture and that way I'm not buying new stuff. So don't buy new stuff. And so, yeah, it would cost you uh, in a thousand dollar unit, for example, two to three grand. And so all in, you might need five grand to get a, a lease. And so that's, that's very small money in the real estate world for real estate investors. Obviously we know that's not a lot of money. But if you don't have any money, then I strongly suggest that you partner with the owner and uh, you partner on a furnished property. And then you're in the door with no money. You're just approaching them and saying, let me take some photos. I'll have it up on Airbnb in the next couple of days and we'll split everything. Hmm. You know, the cool thing about that too is, yeah, your first deal, you might need some money for that. You can always find somebody to partner with you on that deal. Hmm. But once you start doing these, you're just going to save you a little bit of your cash flow. So that next time you do your next deal, you're going to have that cash reserved, saved 
to do this yourself really quickly. So just reinvest some of your profits mm-hmm. after you do your first one to buy furniture on your next one and be smart about it. Okay, last question I have for you, Brian. Um, in some markets, they're really kind of clamping down on Airbnb. So what do you say to somebody who's in like San Diego, San Francisco, New York, you know, some of these bigger cities, Nashville, Denver, yep. where they're really cracking down and, and uh, making it difficult? Okay, great. Well, this is one of those questions I got from all kinds of people all over the U.S. Uh, I'm going to talk about to U.S. people here because internationally, uh, it's a whole other whole other thing, and it's usually less regulated internationally. But in the U.S., there are some towns and cities that that don't allow home sharing, or they're strongly uh, are against you know make it difficult to do there. And this is because Airbnb is a disruptor. It's just the same way Uber is disrupting taxis, and Amazon is you know putting all these big um, brick and mortar stores out of business, the same thing with Airbnb. It's a disruptor, especially with the hotel industry. And so in cities where you have very powerful hotel lobbies and hotel um, uh, industries, for example, New York, San Francisco, bigger cities, you're going to find there's a lot of opposition to home sharing. And a lot of that comes from the hotel industry. So mm-hmm. what we did is I decided instead of guessing what was going on out there, I wanted to find out for sure. So I hired a research firm and we did six months worth of research to look at every single town and city in the U.S. over 30,000 people. Now, just so you know, that's a list of 2,000 towns and cities. It's a big list. And we made that list and then we classified those towns into different categories and found out how many of them don't allow home sharing. And what we found that was really interesting is that nine out of 10 towns and cities do allow home sharing and one in 10 do not. So if you live in one of those one in 10 places, let me give you some examples. If you live in New York proper, New York City, if you live in San Francisco, you live in Atlanta, for example, Atlanta, the city, not Atlanta, the area, then they're very restrictive, if not completely unallowed in those areas. But the, the interesting thing is we have students in all those cities that are doing really well. So I contacted some of them and I said, how are you guys doing this? How do you have five listings in San Francisco? And they, their answer was, well, um, I just get listings around the city. Like that's yeah. what I've, did, I've done. Like if you look at Atlanta, for example, Atlanta is made up of many towns that make up the metro area. And so my students in Atlanta just don't get them in downtown Atlanta. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so we tell people to go around. There are some rule breakers though. And, and we found that some people are operating in, the, in these red cities despite the rules because there's no enforcement. So we found 50% of towns that don't allow home sharing do not even enforce the rules at all. So that's yeah. really interesting. I'm not telling you to break the rules, but you can do with that, with that information what you like. And then the final thing I want to say is it's no different than any other type of real estate. Um, you have to go where it's zoned. So if you're going to open a hair salon, you wouldn't do that in a residential neighborhood. If you're going to live somewhere, you're not going to live in a, in a storefront. You got to live in a residential area. So the same thing, you're going to go where the opportunity is. And for 99% of people, you could drive 20 or 30 minutes, be in a different municipality, a different town. And there it's completely allowed with no restrictions. So that's what I tell my students to do. Get in your car, drive. It's not, if it's, you know, frowned upon in your particular town or your particular backyard, who cares? Go, go yeah. where, uh, where it's allowed. And that's the same thing in Charleston. Charleston proper has made it very difficult to do Airbnb, but every town and city around the Met- Charleston metro area not a problem. And those are the areas in which I operate. So rest assured, no matter where you are, you can do this. Mm, that's good. You really can. And you can do deals virtually. You can. And um, it's not, it's not that hard. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, how can people get more information? We're going to do a webinar together. 
um, as we're recording this will be in a couple weeks. But if you want more information on this webinar that I'm going to be doing with Brian, just go to this link right now and register for it. R-E-I-M podcast.com slash Brian. R-E-I-M podcast.com slash Brian. That stands for Real Estate Investing Mastery podcast.com. And uh, you get some more information about this webinar that I'm doing. If you're on my email list, you're going to be getting tons of emails about it. I promise. Because <laughs> I think this is so important to understand. This is a really um, important challenge that people need to learn how to overcome cash flow, right? Like if you want to make more monthly cash flow, there's such a thing as streams of cash and piles of cash, right? You need to have both. You need to have the piles of cash sure. you get from wholesaling and flipping deals, right? Yep. But you also need streams of cash to tide you over when your piles of cash are running low. You know what I'm saying? So cash flow is the name of the game. This is a secret to real wealth. I want to encourage you guys to get this. And you can get the calculator. If you go to realestateinvestingmastery.com and just go in the search bar, do a search for Brian Page and find the podcast that I've done with him here. And you'll see the link to that calculator we were just talking about. And uh, you'll also see a link to the podcast, I mean, the webinar that I'm going to be doing with him. And you'll get a transcript as well of this podcast. Brian, appreciate the time. You're a busy guy. And I really appreciate you being here on the podcast, man. I really do. All right. Well, hey, I appreciate being here. Are you having me here? And it was a lot of fun. And I hope I inspired some people. I hope people take action and go do this because uh, it's it's worth jumping in on. It is. It's exciting. I am excited. All right, guys. We'll see you later. Go uh, go make some money. Make it happen. We'll <laughs> see you guys. Bye bye.